what's going on man uh yeah it's been fun uh enjoying this wbc has been a lot more fun than i think a lot of people maybe anticipated like there was a lot of skepticism that i saw coming into the wbc with people thinking like i don't know it seems kind of cheesy you're never going to be quite what soccer is like if there was going to be a lot of excitement with it but i tell you what i've been into it from the beginning and I've been into of this one, you know, like I know there was a lot more skepticism back in like 2006, but I've been into it from the beginning and each round you can feel that intensity, like each inning of this last one that we just watched with USA and Venezuela, like felt more and more exciting. So I'm a fan of the WBC. Like how has it hit you? Have you been invested in it before? Have you been watching a couple of them more casually? Is this like something you're getting more into less into now that it's been around for a little while? Like, how is it getting to you a little bit now? You know, I think it's the way the players feel about it and how excited they are and how much it means to them. That helps get you into it. Seeing, you know, Mike Trout having regret for sitting out the last one, right? And that that's going to take away some of the buy-in. When you have uh, a a future hall of famer like Mike Trout going, eh, I'm not interested. You know, I'd rather go do something else. And you see him regretting that. And now you've got all the buy-in and not just for team USA. When you saw um, Diaz go down hurting his knee and everyone talking about, Oh, and he's going to be out of the season and this and that. And then you see the other players going, how much it means to them to be there. And they're like, yeah, he's going to miss the Mets season, but he got to participate in this. And you see how much the players are just so into it, how much it means to them, um, how much uh, these other countries, their their ratings, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think I saw something that over 60% of TVs in Puerto Rico were tuned wow. in for one of their games. Um, so it's just huge. Uh, I'm with you. It, I don't think it's quite at that level soccer is, but you're also missing those star pitchers, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of that uh, makes sense. You know, it's early in the year and some of them, they, they are more invested in their paycheck or their parent club. Um, but it it's building. It's building. I'm seeing it from my friends. Uh, we're texting about it in the text group. Um, we're following along with games that we typically haven't followed with. And, you know, my, my group, we're usually more texting about soccer. I'll be honest, I am still more into the, the World Cup over this. Um, I, I've not seen a whole game, first pitch, all the way to last pitch yet. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on, but I am more invested in it than I've ever been. So I, I think it's been great. And it all goes back to the investment of the players. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, too, because it's mid-March. It's March 18th. It's like day after St. Patrick's Day. And we're talking about exciting baseball games, competitive baseball games, because usually spring training, I know it does for the players, feels way too long. Like they need it. They've got to ramp up. So I get where that comes in because the players need that time to get ready for it. But it does drag on a long time. If you're the fan is like, there's that initial excitement when they like first report, then they start playing games, but you're just kind of following the box scores. Like even when you watch it, it doesn't have that level of intensity to kind of get it up. And then right around 
you know, right before spring training, you start looking at how the roster's coming together, maybe how the team's going to look, and that little bit of optimism starts to kind of creep in, even if you've got, a, like, a team that, like, maybe lost 102 games. You start thinking, like, well, maybe we're going to win 81 this year. Uh, and right now, I think because of this, I'm more excited for the season because of watching this. What's going to be a hard hit is come Tuesday, I think, when the final happens, and you go back to like spring training baseball after you've had this like big intense thing. And it's been, you know, every day. I mean, I know it's happening amongst March madness and everything like that, but you've got games that are cutting through March madness. You know, it's no longer being treated maybe like preseason football where like people are like, yeah, I'll watch because there's not much else going on right now, but it's like cutting through that. It's trending on Twitter. It's trending on social media and you brought up Mike Trout, which is a big one, you know, and like we, we've talked a little bit about this in our text exchange is that you've got Mookie Betts, you've got Mike Trout, you've got, you know, real mutos and things like that. You don't have that, at least for the American side on the pitching staff, which I totally get. And it does seem like that's a little harder to make it eventually if it does want to eventually get like the World Cup where you're going to have to have those big pitching matchups, because that is a big part of the playoffs is watching those guys. And it does make sense because. Right now, especially early on, we see the limits where guys can only go 36 pitches because they are still thinking about what's the big deal for them, which is the MLB regular season. And just watching that ramp up that you're right, maybe you can find years when you can maybe move things around a little bit or condense it. You can do it in the middle of the season, but I don't think the league will be looking at that right away. But maybe if it grows eventually and becomes something that baseball thinks they can profit off of more maybe they look at making a change like that. Otherwise, it's going to be kind of hard logistically to think about starting a world baseball classic where you're going to have the number one pitchers ready to go like it's October, you know? Yeah, I mean, thinking of uh, the pitchers not being there, imagine the World Cup if just the best goalkeepers in the world were like, yeah, I'm not going to go, you know? Yeah. So it, it's going to make the game different. It's probably going to be a higher scoring affair, but you also want to see those world-class goalkeepers making those world-class saves, just like you want to see those top pitchers in those exciting situations. So, uh, you know, going back to Mike Trout, something that's been interesting, and, you know, as A's fans, you don't really get excited to see Mike Trout. Or um, anybody it, else. <laughs> <You're> like, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. And I finally understand, you know, one of my really good friends is from England and um, his his club that he supports, uh, Aston Villa, uh, historic. Well, th not historically, but lately they've kind of been a, a middle of the table kind of club. But he just loves Harry Kane. Right. And like Harry Kane is like a national treasure because He's the captain of that national team. And I kind of get it by being able to watch Mike Trout and get excited mm. and go, let's go, Mike Trout, because he is a great player. But typically, when I see Mike Trout come up, it's, oh, no, here comes Mike right. Trout. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so it's nice to, to see a, a guy with his skills and be able to go, yeah, let's go get it. And not like, oh, he's going to come clobber us now. So I think that's been great. Um, you know, you're right about spring training. It, it does kind of seem long, but let's be honest, like there's not really anything on the line other than those guys trying to make those roster spots, right? So 
a lot of times it is like a big tryout. It is also a, a warm up for the season. Here, you know, you got guys that are playing with passion every pitch because it, it really means so much to them. Where you watch a spring training game and you see, like, all right, the A's got a big win. It was a split squad and they lost the other one. You know, how many guys on that split squad are actually going to be on the opening day roster? You know, so it's it's a pretty it's it's different. You know, I, I think the timing of it being during spring training is a little weird, um, but it definitely has brought in some more exciting baseball. Uh, the tournament, the the basketball tournament has been great. But I did find myself watching the Mexico game right. uh, at the expense of some of these basketball games where I wouldn't be doing that for spring training. So, yeah, I think it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I, I'm really excited to hopefully see it develop more in, into an even bigger thing. And, uh, you know, maybe the timing can work a little differently. I, I saw Max Scherzer saying um, he didn't want to do it because of the arm and uh, he doesn't want to get hurt. So a timing issue. But then you wonder, would you interrupt the season for this like soccer did for the World Cup this year? I, I see you shaking your head. I agree they wouldn't. So then when do you do it? November? Are you playing in December? And I don't know That's, if they yeah. exactly want to play when yeah. it's that cold and doing all that. So I, I don't know when a better time for it would be than this time but without those pitchers it is still missing something i think yeah and i think ultimately as much as we're enjoying this it's a marketing ploy for major league baseball like they're trying to build not just interest in their sport international interest and like give you that kind of rooting interest because it is something that you see countries like like the best example of that is when a japanese player comes and plays for a u.s squad there is so much media coverage that all of a sudden happens uh, when there's a Japanese player on that team. And you look at a team like, even with the A's, they're going to have it a little bit with uh, Shintaro Fujinami, and they've had it in the past with guys like when Hideki Matsui was over here. Suddenly the press box for the A's goes from like four to five people to packed every single game because there is that much attention on it. And I think what they're doing is they're looking to build – those other countries and maybe not just the traditional ones which we see like the u.s or japan or like the dominican republic and venezuela but you're seeing like the czech republic in it you know you're seeing israel you're seeing italy and like you know the requirements to make those teams are maybe a little looser you know like about like how you're gonna get on there it's like well i ate a pizza and i play baseball welcome to team italy and like that's all that it's gonna take but it does grow the game and see if there's a way that you can get people invested, but you're right. I, I think you keyed on something that happens in world cup games that you don't get in spring training. I'm not going to watch Royals and Rays in spring training. If that was on, I'm not going to watch that, but I will watch, like you said, I will, I'll watch Puerto Rico, watch Mexico. I'll, I'll tune in. And I think part of that is that's really translated. Well, the vibes, like when you're watching these games, the crowds are into it. It's huge crowds. You can see the players rushing out of the dugouts. They're going around and it looks like October baseball, wild card baseball vibes when they go to those crowd shots. And that translates, which makes you like, man, it it, it ups the experience, makes you feel like you want to be there. And I went to the World Baseball Classic 10 years ago when it was here in the Bay Area 
and they had some of the games in San Francisco. Nothing like that. It was mm. dead. And I was mm-hmm. wondering how it was going to be in Arizona with some of those teams, like when where USA is playing Canada and USA is playing Great Britain. And it's like, okay, those aren't really like baseball rivalries. And you saw some of that with like the Latin American countries, whenever they were head to head, it was intense. And that really brought a lot out. To, you saw in like when Japan would play pretty much anybody, but like Japan and Korea would play. That was intense. There was a lot of like actual like, hostility and you know not real hostility but that kind of sports hostility that was there i was worried a little bit of that would be missing in arizona with like usa and britain you know like there's part of you that's like yeah i want to beat britain but i don't really care that much and it wasn't the case there was a good crowd it was good energy there you know for me more than the fans it's the players you know seeing randy rosarena in the outfield yesterday in the game a, a close game and then he throws his glove down clapping his hands amped up and just the for me the buy in comes from the players and they are so bought in that i i can't help but get bought into it so that's been great for me. I did like the Great Britain game. Uh, just, you know, to talk a little trash to my buddy from England. Not that he really cared. But then also, you know, watching Clay's brother out there. You know, yeah. so good for him. And, right, uh, yeah. Um, I do have to say, I, I was a little frustrated with the Puerto Rico-Mexico game with them having such similar jerseys. Yeah. And it it was, you know, the only thing that was different was the pants. And I know that they've got different jerseys, you know, and I, I did see Great Britain's jersey. And I saw some people saying like, wow, it looks like they got it at the last minute. And somebody's letter T on great yeah. fell off. And it was, they definitely looked like they got that at the last minute. It looked like they knew somebody that had a cricket machine and like just ironed it on for them before the game. They're like, wouldn't you need these in a week? Yeah, I could probably knock that out for you. Yeah, it it was not great. Like, I agree with you about that because there are some of the teams that have cool logos and cool uniforms and some of them not so much. And I've also seen, you know, people that are colorblind uh, have complaints about the color jerseys that teams wear because it's just too hard to tell the difference. Uh, you know, with baseball, it's not that bad, right? Because you got the guys that are running the bases, and if they're out of the baseline, then you've got to assume that that's a, a defensive player. But I just thought it would be a little easier to differentiate that way and just to stand out a little bit. Maybe those were the jerseys that the players like the best. Maybe those are the ones that show the most color. Who likes to wear the road grays? Right. I mean, I, I, I've got a road gray A's uniform, and uh A's jersey when do I ever wear that to the game you know yeah so I I do think that that's another thing the road grays can probably go we we can just have all teams do a white home jersey and then wear your colors you know Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the grays I think they're a little boring um but yeah I I guess my biggest complaint would be that and then going back and I know it is it's just the world now right um get that advertisement wherever you can t-mobile on the side of the helmet driving me crazy and i don't know if mlb is already doing that this year or if it's gonna come next year but 
it, it's yeah, it's just more. Uh, what I really liked was when the Dodgers kind of had that 3D helmet oh, yeah. where LA kind of and more teams started doing that. Other than that, I really don't think you need to change the helmet, but I get it. It's advertisement. They got to pay for that and it's money coming in. So, yeah, I think the other thing it's going to be interesting to track is we've seen this after the last couple world baseball classics is people start really watching pitchers to see like if they like ramped it up too early, if they had to get their intensity up too early in the tournament and how that translates to guys like maybe burning out mid season in the regular season, because that's kind of the hard sell that baseball is still working through are people that are skeptical. Like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this is exciting. But at what cost? My team is paying this guy 135 million or actually now it's like my team is playing this guy 325 million. I want him good all season. I want to win the division. I want to win the world series. And I'm not going to care in August that USA won the world baseball classic. If my guy is burning out a little bit and there is going to be some of that tracking, it's not going to just be pitchers. That's probably going to be a big one hitters too. If guys start slumping around mid season, that's going to be an excuse that you might hear from some guys that they're like, Oh, you know what? I, I got a little tired there. Usually a little faster than normal and everything. It That might be a case. It's not necessarily a case, but it is a narrative that comes up a lot. And that's something that I think, you're going to hear from some people right now that are maybe being a little quiet that maybe started off as kind of vocal critics, but I haven't seen too much to complain about. And even the injury, like we're talking about with Edwin Diaz, that wasn't in play. It's not like he had an arm injury. That was a freak thing. And it, the first person I thought of, and this goes back a while is Kendris Morales, the former angels he played with the A's for a little bit. The angels had a walk off Homer. He came around, he was on home plate. His team mobs him and he broke his leg. That just Mm -hmm. happened at a game in the regular season. This could have happened very similar. Like it's a terrible injury. You don't want anything like that to happen. Not minimizing that, but it's not an injury that happened on the field because of baseball, because of like playing the game. And it can't be like directly pointed. I know it happened at the WBC and you're not going to get that excited in a spring training game, but it's nothing that you can really directly point that it is a cause of this. I, yeah, and I, I don't know if the Mets will see it that way, but yeah. no, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. For me, and I, I may uh, have the wrong guy here, but I was thinking of Martin Gramatica. And wasn't oh, yeah. he the one the that uh, tore his ACL yeah. celebrating a, a field goal? And, you know, it's unfortunate. You never want to see anybody get hurt, especially like a big injury that's going to take you out. Um, and, and that takes a significant time to recover and may even require surgery. And, are you going to come back all the way? There's always that question after surgery. Uh, thankfully, you know, we're in a time of modern medicine where people are healing quicker and stronger uh, for injuries that used to be career ending. So you, you got to hope that, uh, you know, for Diaz, he's going to come back and and just be the same player. Uh, you know, for us as brothers, I got to say, it was a little tough seeing his brother crying, watching his brother get hurt and, uh uh, seeing that that's it for him because this means so much to them. It go to me, it all goes back to that player buy-in. Um, then, you know, we're talking about, you're not having the pitchers there. I guess the silver lining is that kid from Nicaragua where right. you're able to go out and you can run down the Dominican Republic lineup 
And now you're signed by the Tigers, which I think is great. And that's something that I do think you get to see in the World Cup. Um, Not that, you know, a lot of these players are are just coming from nowhere and and you wouldn't have uh, heard of them. But, you know, they come from smaller clubs and they get a chance and you're able to go out. uh, You're on the big show. The lights are on and you go and perform and your life has just completely changed for you uh in the matter of two hours yeah you know so i i think that that's a great thing um and it's something that i would like to see more of so i mean that's i guess an argument against getting the big dogs in there and letting them it's got to be a mix it's got to be a mix because you know it's it's just like a regular baseball team like except for like a team like the mets or the yankees for the most part you've got a couple stars and then you've got guys you really appreciate you know like just on recent A's teams, guys like a Chad Pender, you know, mm-hmm. just a really solid guy outside of Oakland. Maybe not a lot of people loved him as much. Mark Canna is another great guy like that. Like guys that are right below that kind of star tier kind of level that you really appreciate. Like Mark Kotze, when he was playing, was one of those guys. Like he was not necessarily a star, but the more you watched him, the more you appreciated him. You don't see that as much on the loaded teams. Team USA is one of those teams, but you're right. You do see that, like you mentioned, Trace Thompson having that moment for Great Britain. Like those are the kind of things. And for a team like the A's right now, we don't have a lot of star players. None of the the big guys are out there. You don't even have guys that were their stars that were traded. No Sean Murphy out there. No Matt Olson. No Matt Chapman. But there's a lot of prospects for the A's, and they're getting a great deal of experience because they're playing with their countries. If you're playing like Zach Geloff getting a chance to play for Israel and, you know, you're watching some of these guys get opportunities that they might not get in spring training. Now, for them, does it take away because you're not being seen by Mark Kotze and the A's coaching staff every single day? Or is it better for you to have that experience in a bigger tournament, higher intensity and a chance to shine? And that's going to be something that you're right. If you have one of those big moments or you really shine on that stage, that it does more to like elevate your prospect status or maybe make a team think let's fast track this guy a little bit more than maybe we were thinking. I guess the other side of that, you know, if you're investing so much from one showing, you know, it's like, was that guy just totally in the zone? He had butterflies all day. He came out, he just totally dominated. And now we want you to go out on a Tuesday, uh, July 24th, against a a team with a 30 and 60 record you know like are you gonna shine then uh so we'll see you know it'll be interesting you know we were talking about uh having it in arizona i'm guessing part of that was to bite into some of that um the the fans that are there for the spring you know that Hey, I'm here to watch my team. And while I'm here, I'll catch a USA game or I'll I'll catch another game. Well, and the teams are already there. It's the fans are there and the teams are there, you know, like half of the teams. So I I think another part that was really interesting and I, and maybe it just doesn't happen too often, but watching the Japan Italy game and, you know, I've seen clips of the Korean league. I've seen clips of the Japanese league, but I've never watched, you know, a a whole lot of it. I found myself in addition to watching the game, just watching what else was happening in the stadium, watching um, the, the concessions, which I don't know, I could be wrong, 
but it appeared that they had a little pony keg and a backpack (laughs) and they're walking the stairs giving draft beers out that way um we saw either a police officer or a security guard who just had the best view he was sitting there back leaning up against uh some cement and you know going back to like soccer or some other games when when you're the security guard there you have your back to the action and you're watching the yeah. the fans this guy we were like what a job like uh, and i'm sure there's definitely negative sides of that and you start hearing some stuff you gotta peek around and go to work but we were like look at that he has got the best view leaning back got a great view of the whole stadium it was really interesting to see that the other thing was the and the Japan fans, that one was in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, so, you know, almost a home game for Japan. Those fans were so dialed in. When, yeah. when they got the ball in the glove, it is silent. And everyone is clapping every pitch. You're not seeing people just thumbs moving, skimming and scanning. Like here at college basketball atmosphere. Like it reminds me of college basketball when teams have their like traditions and routines and like they're all invested in it, the whole stadium. Well, like here, the USA uh, game that we just watched that just finished two outs, bottom of the ninth and Marlon man is standing up and he's trying (laughs) to like, what's, why isn't everyone standing up? Like we should be standing up now. And, uh, I kind of noticed it because he was the only one standing up and there was one person behind him just kind of looking to the side (laughs) and you're like, yeah, don't you hate it when you can't see, but dude, how about the guy to get up? I sent you the picture. That guy was passed out. They showed that shot. And I like, that was the first thing because like, I was like, is that guy moving or not? He was dead to the world, snoring, just snoring, like sawn logs in the background, huge stadium, people going crazy. By the way, in premium seats it's one thing to like pass out up in the upper decks or the bleachers and maybe you had a little bit too many and you're just out there you're right behind home plate you're on camera for every shot maybe you had too many or maybe he was just so excited all day he woke up at 5 a.m and it's been a long day you know i i don't know uh just fainted when he saw trey turner blast a grand slam it was too much for him this one's over yeah that was the last energy that he had and then he was done after that it was a sleeper it was a sleeper (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah So, no, uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I know you uh, were asking earlier uh, in the day. I, I don't know if you said it here, if it was in a text message, but you were saying, is this getting you excited for the regular season? And I hadn't really considered that. And I think it's different, right? Like, I don't I'm not excited to see Mike Trout come as right. an angel, yeah. you know, and uh you know, as an A's fan, we're still in one of those rebuild uh, phases. Um, you know, I'm going to kind of equate this to the 2016 team, right? Where we had 2014 and so close, but so far. And then it's like, it felt like the organization imploded. We got rid of all the all-stars, six or seven all-stars yeah. with, with Lester. And 2015, I was just so hurt as a fan, you know, to just like, isn't the point to win a championship and to have that many all-stars to be as far ahead as they were at the all-star break. And then to have that collapse 
And then to just get in on that wild card game, I was really upset as a fan. You know, we know but, that's I mean, Let me how... ask you about that with as a fan. They did everything they were supposed to do. You can argue about the cespedes Lester trade all the way, but they went all in. And to your point, they still barely made it. That team had all the talent, had all the support, and they were leaking oil just to get in on that last day, which is why you, you didn't know. Like, Sonny Gray had to pitch on that last day to get you in to the wild card game so that you could go on the road for a one game thing. To your point, you've got that talent. You got seven all-stars. You should not be leaking in. You should be coming in strong and not being like, Oh God, I hope we get in. I hope we can get in. And I hope we can like win this game on the road. Like it cuts both ways because you're right. The way that it got torn down was devastating, but that year they went all in and they gave them all the support. I didn't like the Lester Cespedes move. I know I'm not alone in that one, but that was part of them feeling like, hey, you know what? What well, we haven't had in this game and we need it for that one game. We need that proven ace, top of the line starter. You're not going to buy the bag of cereal on the bottom. You need the box. And they went and got the box of cereal, but it cost them. You know, I and we'll never know, right? But what I will say is that team that just barely made it on the wild card was not the same team that was so far ahead at the all-star break. Just because you traded, you traded Cespedes, you brought in Lester, you've changed the team. There are different people there. And what was the Achilles heel? It was that starter. It was John Lester. I know. For me, you got to go with Sonny Gray. When he was able to go. He wasn't available. Because you needed him to go the the last game of the regular season to get you in. So you had to burn that. You had to burn him to use them. And remember before that they got Samarja to be that guy. They thought they needed that guy. And they went and they got Jeff Samarja thinking like, he'll be our guy for that but one then, game. Wild card. Didn't they yeah. not put Samarja on the roster for that game? They, that Yeah. That was a move. I, I didn't like that much because they, they saved Samarja. If they won that game, he was going to start the next game. And you're right. That was a, that was a tough one to swallow because it did end with, another pitcher that they got in that Samarja deal with Hamels on the mound. And that's the only reason you would have had Samarja on that mound is if this game goes to extras. It's the win or go home. I'm going out with my best guys. So that's the only reason. No, it's not the only reason they lost that game. Cause like they did come back. They did have leads. The bullpen blew it. Like it was objectively, if you're not an A's fan, it was a great game. It didn't end well. And there were a lot of flaws but it was a really fun, entertaining game. And, you know, like to your point about what I was, what we were asking about though, about if this is getting you excited, that's where I think it, it does maybe not translate as well for getting you excited because we're not watching guys like, you know, if you were watching Japan and Shintaro Fujinami was on team Japan and pitching well for them, that would be something that might boost your excitement level coming into the season because you're watching this guy ramp it up and everything. It's great watching him. I'm excited to see what he can do, but it's different if you're watching him, you know, follow Shohei Otani and like the two of them combine on a no hitter or something like that. Well, you, you want a horse in the race, right? And so yeah. then you're like, all right, be my own machine. Wait, way right. to go. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. with the Phillies yeah. now. All right. I've got no horse in the race. Um, so no, I mean, uh, I, I am excited. I'm always excited for opening day. I mean, you know, when I got married, all I wanted to do was go to the courthouse and don't want a lot of ceremony. Let's just get it done. Uh, but for opening day, 
I want to be there early. I want to yeah. see all all the ceremony. I love the flyover. When uh, you're a they, fan of bunting, you love the bunting, the red, white, and blue presidential my, bunting. It, it gets me. It gets me. I've got a soft <laughs> spot in my heart for that. So you know, I always get excited for that. Um, but I am still a little bit hurt. You know, I know this is the way that the A's go. I know this is you know par for the course for the A's. And I do believe that we will see some guys who in a few years will be guys that we love just as much as Chapman, just as much as Olsen. Uh, and, and you really, you like that. But that's what I was going back to saying is to me, this is kind of like the 2016 year. 2015, I was just too hurt. Uh, there were times I found myself walking by and I saw the A's on and I just keep going. Yeah. You know, I, I did not go to a single game in 2015. But what the A's did was they made changes to get you back. That's when the ballpark pass was launched. And for $30 a month, I essentially had, uh, well, not season tickets, but a season pass because the seat was always somewhere different. And so, oh, okay, you know, like, great. I've got nothing to do on Tuesday. I'll go watch an Astros game, you know, Um, A's Astros. That'll be fun. Then 2017, they did the treehouse pass. Uh, okay, the treehouse is kind of a cool little thing here. And, oh, all right, that guy uh, Chapman, he's been pretty good. Uh, Matt Olson was going up and down, you know, a little bit, uh, bouncing between the minors and the majors. And then by 2018, I'm I'm invested again. I'm reinvested. They also did the family pass, which was mm. great, you know, having a family uh, of four. And for the whole season, it was $400 for the whole season uh, to get, you know, my wife and my kids into every game for the season. So that was incredible. Um, A little bit, I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated that the parking has gotten more expensive. Uh, You know, I'm frustrated that those things that they did to get the fans back they're they're not doing that a little right. bit and so so it's it not is, as much about the stuff on the field that is frustrating it's it's the whole thing and then it's separate for you as far as like it, it can be one of those things i'll stick around for these rebuilds that you're doing but don't jack up the prices on me don't jack up the parking on me like make it something like if you're not going to put out as quality a product this year as you did last year i shouldn't be paying more for it it's exactly that it's the the product is a lower quality uh at at least a lower quality than you would hope and expect and the price has gone up and it's a little bit you you know it feels insulting as a fan but they know we're gonna pay it and we do because you're a fan and you want to go out you want to go see the game you love the game you love to just watch it. It's fun. It's great to take the kids out there, you know, um, taking uh, Maddie out when she was seven years old and she had more fun staring at the dot race or uh, things like that to now where she plays travel softball and she's just dialed in. And that's what you want for your kids as well to go and watch those pros, see what the pros do. And now you go try and copy that, you know? And so we were watching the World Baseball Classic and she was watching someone stand out of the box and readjust their gloves, each glove, you know, and was like, 
why is he doing that? And I'm like, uh, you know, that kind of was pretty standard. I guess uh, you don't see it so much. So now you had a whole like in it my up. day. <laughs> I did. And then at her tournament today, I saw her step out of the box to shoot, yeah. shoot, shoot, shoot. So, you know, that you, you watch the pros and you go do that. So, you You're know, like, let me tell you about Nomar Garcia Parra. <laughs> Nomar Gasa. <laughs> let me tell you about a guy who used to do this after every pitch and take like Wear 30 seconds. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is a little upsetting, um, but I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah. I am excited for the community fund that they have. I just put in to get uh, tickets for uh, my school and the A's gave us 40 tickets and we're nice. going to go see the Mets on the nice. 14th so uh really excited for that is, um is there a player that you're excited for like a maybe a guy that's like not quite matt olson not quite matt chapman is it going to be like you know what yeah i am excited to see a full season of like shay langoliers it's got to be langoliers yeah. i think i think it's got to be langoliers uh from what you've already seen from him from the hype that uh he's had you know i think Pache kind of was that guy. I was a little upset when we got Pache and his goodbye message to the Braves made it seem like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. Like, please, somebody change that. It was. Hey, a little so bit does like, a dollar, man. So does a dollar. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. No, I, I, I can't say like that. I don't understand where he's coming <laughs> yeah. from, but it does seem a little <laughs> insulting. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I've seen enough Apache to go, okay, well, I, I hope you develop into the guy that, yeah. you know, they think you can be. But I think the one I'm excited for, it's got to be Langoliers. Yeah. And Pache, I think, is uh, he came into camp, and I think the A's were expecting that they might not have him on the roster. But he's cut down on his strikeouts. He's hitting a lot, made a lot of changes in the Dominican Winter League. His defense, obviously, was there. But the way that he couldn't hit, they just couldn't justify it. And so he doesn't have any options left so if he wasn't on the roster or if he's not on the roster out of spring they would basically have to dfa and make him a free agent pass him through waivers make him available to any team that wanted to take a stab at him so that they would be able to send him back to the minors but everything he's done so far this spring i think he's a guy that is going to be on this roster and he's he's done a pretty good job kind of solidifying that so I, i'm with you i think langoliers is the guy for me that i'm most excited to watch on a day in day out basis so Rick, it was always good catching up with you, man. This has been another episode of Win or Hughes, the Bay Area Sports Podcast. Make sure you are following along. You can follow us on Twitter at Win or Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you uh, later.